the metaphysical and in the religious world, you will hear the words sacred space and ritual. Why are they important and what do we need to know about them? Do they have the same connotation when used religiously or metaphysically? This can be confusing and sometimes uncomfortable when we are trying to align these words and ideas from our past understanding with new perspectives we have developed in our explorations. So how do we find the place of comfort for ourselves with these ideas while still maintaining the integrity of sacred space and ritual? Hi, I'm Andrea Neville. And I'm Jessica Paschke. We are psychic mediums who like to consider our spiritual experiences as adventures. We've discovered that sometimes the adventure is wonderful and unexpected, and sometimes it's really uncomfortable. So join us as we chat about spiritual adventures and answer your questions, giving you specific tools and practices you can use to navigate the journey with more confidence. Welcome to Adventures with Spirit. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome today. Welcome. Welcome. We are going to keep talking about connecting to your inner voice. And today we're looking at ritual, sacred space, prayers, and intention. Okay, wait. I just have to jump in. I just... (laughs) We're both jumping in. Do you you already have a story? I love those things. Like I, you do I love, love things. these yeah. things. Go ahead, Jessica. I'm sorry. I just get so excited. <laughs> no, I know you love those things, but in the introduction, you had said, how do we, what did you say? How do we find a place of comfort or how do we explore these? Even if we have a past understanding, right? So, so separating that idea, that past understanding, let me I'll, tell you what. I'll say, girl, that's me. You hit it. You hit it. That is me. Get, of course. get out of here. No, that is when. I, of course it is right. Twins. So, so, but that is me because when I look at the words initially, when I came like sacred space, ritual prayer, whoo, prayer triggered, triggers me to high heaven from past prayer experiences. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but I love prayer. Right, I love prayer. But I, I even, even there are even moments, even though I love prayer now that it's still is reminiscent of my past experience of prayer, which felt very formal and disconnected. Like, like it moved me further away yep. from spirit rather than closer to because it was forced. And it took me many, many years to because it was forced. They weren't my words. Yes. And I'm one of those people that I'm all or nothing, unfortunately. Fortunately, I, I don't do. know. But if I'm saying something, I want to believe yeah. it. So every single word needs to have meaning to me. Right. Or I'll feel like I'm not being true to myself or my, you know, I get that weird niggling feeling in my heart where I'm like, oh, this is uncomfortable because this, I don't believe this, but I'm saying Mm it. And don't you find, you know, as I try not to go on a tangent, don't you find that as you have evolved, I know I have for myself, as I continue to evolve and grow and, and understand and gain more wisdom, right? That my sacred space, rituals, prayers, intentions evolve and change. I've just changed up my prayers well, again right so. now. <laughs> I've changed the way that I'm praying again. Yeah. 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 Mine evolve yeah. for sure. And they change. I, you know, definitely looking back since I've made 
coming on this side of things, looking at it from this side of things, this perspective from when I grew up, it's a very different experience. Mm -hmm. One that definitely suits me more. And I think part of that is because the more I tune into my inner voice, the more authentic ways I find to express that inner voice and sacred space and ritual and prayer are those authentic ways for me to express my, my inner voice, you know, what's coming through. And so it's a very different experience than than maybe in the past where I was reciting something or I was doing something because someone told me this is what you okay, do so it was, and it wasn't personal right. to me. So you were doing a ritual, right? That mm-hmm. wasn't your own. Right. That, right. So right. you didn't hold that in your heart. No, I completely understand that. He, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, who's joining us for this podcast? He is here. Ooh. He is my grandfather. You know who that is. Of course he, he is. is. Let me I tell do. you, he's sitting right next. Hi, granddaddy. Um, I almost know. I don't know if I need to be careful of what I say. <laughs> saying, no, no, but I think that's loose. a great example. So let it loose. He was, uh, he, um, pastor, priest, priest. what was he? What he's in the, the history books where I priest. live. He's in the history books for his, his, um, his reign. Yes. In a good way. I mean, listen, I adore my grandfather. First of all, let me just say that I adore my grandfather. So, um, but it was an interesting childhood because I have, I'm my family, half Christian, half Jewish. So that was a real push for me. Right. I didn't realize why now I love, I mean, I love it because it, 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 immediately opened my perspectives. It challenged me as a child because I couldn't just, I have the grandfather, the priest, I have my, you know, mother's taking me to church every Sunday and people talking about Jesus differently on both sides of my family and me reconciling that, knowing that I had a personal relationship with Jesus that didn't fit into a religious connotation. Like think of that as like a seven, eight Mm -hmm. or nine-year-old. It was mind-bending. And I know you similarly, Jessica. Right. Mm-hmm. I was raised Catholic, yep. went to Catholic school, went to mass every Sunday. And like I said, from very early on, I've had a very strong connection to my inner voice, mm-hmm. um, which made life a little more challenging sometimes because I wasn't one to just sort of go with the flow. And I loved, it's a great way to start because I loved the sacred, the idea of sacred space and ritual. Like I loved when they lit the incense oh, that too. resonated with me. me too. My gosh, those are my favorite when they lit the incense and that yep, smell, like, you know, and I loved the space, this big space with all the beautiful, you know, glass stained glass windows. Mm. But it was like, when it came time to the prayers, the prayers weren't in tune with what it's, they weren't bad. They just weren't coming in my they voice. Were and so I always felt disconnected, mm-hmm. right? Like you could just turn off and recite them and then come back. Right. Like, yeah. you know, like it just, it just didn't flow. I'm sorry, Jessica. I didn't mean to interrupt you. This whole episode is going to be me having a split personality because <laughs> I'm totally in mediumship mode. And my grandfather is talking to me and I have to tell you everybody, this does not, he does not go around and happen. Like this is apparently a hot topic because <laughs> This is a new experience for him to be sitting here talking to me. So I'm listening to you. I'm paying attention to what I want to say. And I'm listening to him. 
I'm kind of like, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. So try it. to rein me in I when love I lose it. my, my, just know I'm listening and feeling, I'm feeling an awful <laughs> lot right now. Uh, tears in my eyes. I'm feeling a lot of love. <laughs> I will say that. It'll be. Yeah. Right. So I think it's interesting that he stepped yeah, in it's though. Beautiful. And, and it points to the thing that we're going to be talking a lot about our, whether we just were going to or not before we, yeah, we weren't turn the mics on, we are. we're going to be talking a lot about our past perceptions of these things and how they'll shift and evolve. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe not, but how they could shift and evolve as you tune into your inner voice and, and to make room for that evolution for yeah. yourself. And right. Let me be very clear and, and that transformation for yourself. And I know Jessica is going to say the same thing. There is nothing right or wrong here. I am all about someone mm-hmm. who knows what works, you know, what is right for them, what they're called to and aligned with in their heart and following that. Like, absolutely. This 100%. Yep, we are not suggesting, mm-hmm. telling, judging nothing. Like Jessica and I are very eclectic in the way that we really do our own rituals in sacred space. And right. We have a lot of room for all of that. Yeah. Repairs. And we're just introducing some, a conversation about yes. that. We're just having a conversation, conversation about that, right? So you may want to grab a cup of tea because yes. we're going to dive into it right Here now. We go. Uh, you can have, I'm having tea. You're having, having tea. tea. Okay. So let's, My let's chat a little bit tea. though about <laughs> we're all having tea. All of us are having tea. So let's, let's talk a little bit about what we mean when we say ritual. How would you, how would you define ritual, Andrea? Okay. So. And a ritual doesn't have to be, I mean, really, a ritual is, it's a way of doing something and you do it the same way. You take the same actions the same way pretty much every time. So don't you think there's like a sacredness about it too, the way that you do it? Like, yes. Versus just rote. Right. So it's, it's, for instance, some people. Or an intentionality. Maybe that's the word I'm looking for. Intentionality. Some I don't yes. Know. No, Both. I agree with you. I agree with you. When I think of ritual, I'm going to give a couple different kind of meanings of, of, you know, that word. When I think of ritual for me, it is the way I start my morning or my day when I'm in my, my sacred space, when I'm in my prayer space, I'm with my guides, my angels, loved ones, I'm meditating. That to me is very much um, a ritual. But so is also getting up, getting your coffee and saying, which I don't do, but I'm thinking of it as a ritual because some people for them, that's the ritual, right? They get their coffee mm-hmm. and you say, thank you, right? Do you just have gratitude for the day or you go over your day? Like, What is, it's something that you do over and over again, and it holds great import for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just drinking a cup of tea could be a ritual, yeah, it right? Could. Based on what your intention is mm-hmm. for that. And I think so. You know, mm-hmm, right. And I think, you know, we each have different rituals that we do. I know one of my rituals happens before I read cards. There's something that I do every single time. And the ritual of it leads me in to creating a sacred yes. space. So that's kind of how it works for me. Yeah. I have these rituals 
that help me create sacred space. space to help me move into that space. So those are how those two are sort of connected for me. And I think sacred space really connects us to something more than ourselves. Yes. Right? It's where you're, you know, you I mean it's, it's, it could be a place. It could be like that has significance or like a spiritual place. Like that is sacred space. Mm-hmm. Like a church it could be sacred space for if you wanted mm-hmm. it to be, there are different temples and different, like just locations in the world that have a various caves, things like that, that could be sacred spaces. Yes. Right. But you can also create sacred space. So it doesn't have to be something that's already been created and everyone deems that it's sacred space. Cause that's not how sacred space works all the time. You can also create mm-hmm. it. Right. So every time I do a reading or I teach a class or we do this podcast, we create sacred space first. We do. Jessica and I always okay. um, connect. We open up. We do an opening and with our, our team, our guides, angels. We do an opening. We create sacred space and we have an intention. Mm-hmm. Always. Ooh, look at all those words you threaded Ooh. together. And the ritual part of it is we always say a prayer. Yes. We always say a prayer. We always say thank to you. To open up the sacred space. Mm-hmm. The prayer may never, it's never the same. No. <laughs> Though it could be. But but I usually let my inner voice do the talking and let my inner voice guide the prayer or Andrea's inner voice guide the prayer. Mm-hmm. But we, the ritual for us is we settle in, we calm our minds. We open with a prayer mm-hmm. with the intention that we're creating sacred a sacred space. space. We're inviting in the sacredness to where we're at. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be for you in your life. You don't have to be doing readings or teaching classes or doing a podcast. You can invite that sacred space into wherever you are, right? With your intentions. Mm-hmm. I think sacred space can be created anywhere. You know, it, it, I'm thinking right? about both of us, but everybody else too. When you go, you know, you go to the ocean. Both of us completely respond mm. to the ocean. And when you're at the ocean, you're taking a moment, you're you're quiet, right? You're just taking it all in. That does become your sacred space. Yeah. 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 The, ocean, the ocean is, it speaks to me on a soul mm-hmm. level. I step onto the sand and I smell the salt and everything quiets down and I feel closer to all that is, whatever that is for you, the one just God, say whatever. Same, I feel closer to all that yep, is. I was just going to say the same thing. All that is. Absolutely. Yep. I agree. I agree. So, yep. and therefore just the act of stepping on the sand is creating sacred, sacred space. space, right? So there's a lot of different ways you can interpret that. Um, and it has a lot of different um, qualities to it. And that will shift based on your intention and what you're needing out of it. And I guess we should say intention. What we mean by intention is, yeah, is what is our, like, what is our, our goal? What, it, what is our why? Yes. Right. What is the why? Why, why are, are we, we doing, doing that? This? That's, I love that word. Why? Right. What's you your know, why? The why of it. And then what's your why? Why are we why doing Why are this? you doing it? What's your reason? And then Let's talk about prayer because that can be triggering. It can be a triggering word. We can use different words. We can use a request, your prayer, your request, your intention. Right? I mean, they're really, mm-hmm. they're one and the same. It's how it works 
for you. So prayer and intention setting is often right an expression of thanks, a request for help that it, you know you think of it being addressed to an object, an entity, a being that some people hold in high esteem. So depending on your background, your religion, you know, you'd use a different name for that. And if you don't belong, believe in a higher being, you know, you may use the universe. They can all be interchangeable depending Mm -hmm. on what's comfortable with you. And also that prayer and intention setting is really activating a rapport with that being. You're you're asking to receive. You're putting it out Mm -hmm. there. And then then you have to give, like we talked about last episode, you have to give the space to receive it, right? To receive the answer, like when, you know, in whatever form it wants to come, whether it's inspiration or it's, um, you know, an actual sign or whatever, we put the prayer out and then we have to make sure we leave the space for spirit to work their magic, mm-hmm. right? I think that's one of the hardest things about prayer, is leaving the space to remember to leave the space to receive moving through everything that I've moved through within the last year. I prayed a lot, Mm -hmm. all kinds of prayers. Right. And, um, and I had to remember that when I put that prayer out there, I needed to make space to receive, to, to have, to have spirit answer me back. Um, one of the great examples of this was, um, when my husband got sick. We didn't, I don't even want to say he got sick. When my husband was diagnosed with brain cancer, it felt like the world was ending. Right. And, and I put so many prayers out in that first, I mean, we still pray, but that first 24 hours and everyone was praying for us. And, and I felt that prayer, that combined prayer, that collective prayer, who that's powerful, lift us, lift us up. But then we needed to make the space to like, be okay with not knowing how it was going to be answered. Yeah. You know, 100%. Yeah. But we had to make the space. And then we, it was like, sort of like, where's Waldo? Like, okay, we got to make, we put these prayers out. Now we got to make the space and step back and get that big perspective. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, and then see what spirit brings forward. Let spirit work their magic in that, in that, that space after the and, prayer. And after, so after your prayer, moment, you know. right again, because I know people are uncomfortable with that word. Your prayer is a request. It's it, mm-hmm. whether it's a request because you want or need something, or it's a request for this is how I would like to show up from a place of gratitude or, you know, place. it's still a request. It's still a prayer. It's still intention setting. You get to choose your vocabulary. One. Yeah. I like to think of them as prayer I, or um, prayers as conversations yes. too. Oh yes. I love right? that. And I can't end my prayers with amen. It's totally me, not anyone else. Just my connotation with that based on what I experienced growing up in the Catholic faith, which I think is a very beautiful faith. So no, I'm not taking any digs at that either. It's just my personal experience for me. I can't use the word amen. So a lot of times I'll end my prayers with thank you or, and so it is. Mm -hmm. Those words make me more comfortable for whatever reason. And it's my own stuff, but just changing that made me more open to prayer. Yeah. And I think I've changed a lot of mine as well, but it's interesting if I say, um, amen or amen, it 
completely becomes a blanket of comfort for me, which I don't often do with all my prayers. Actually, I only have some oh, I love because that. of my grandfather, right? You know, because I'm sitting in the church right. while he's up there delivering the mass, right? So we were um, Anglican, yeah. Episcopal Anglican, and so when I do, most of my prayers are thank you, or and so it is. Some of them are still Amen. And it always just feels like a comfortable blanket that just warms me up. And all I feel is, uh, I have to say, it makes me really feel that sacred energy. And I know it's because of my grandfather. I love that. See, I love that that word makes you feel sacred energy. Mm -hmm. And for me, that word gets in the way of me cuddling up to spirit closer. Mm -hmm. Like I'm like one of those dogs that can't get enough, like where they just need to be on you all the time. I want to be as close to spirit as possible. (laughs) And for me, that word keeps me away. That creates space in between me and my direct connection. Mm -hmm. Once again, that's just my experience. It doesn't mean that that word actually does. Right. 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 Like, and so you've got to find, you've got to say, okay, this is my past and I acknowledge it and I can't bypass it. So what can I do in this moment to make this more comfortable, to make it mine? What can I do in this moment to have my inner voice truly come through with prayer? And for you, that, that means ending it in sometimes amen. And, and for me, that means ending it in as, and so, and it, so is, it is, right? Yes. Like, and they're both powerful. Yeah. <laughs> you it know? Really, it, it's, it's interesting. It depends on to whom. I am directing my prayer as mm-hmm. to what ending I use. Sometimes I have to throw in a good omen because then I have to bring in <laughs> my Jewish side as well. You know, we just kind of, yeah. make, there's a lot of stuff going on over my house. <laughs> I love I'll that. Take it all. But I think what you're all seeing here is how ritual, sacred space, prayer, intention setting in your inner voice, they're all really entwined. Yes, they they're are. all really connected. And, and it all comes back to, I think, finding an authentic way to express your higher self, mm-hmm. your inner voice, and that connection that your inner voice and your higher self have to spirits. Yeah. Right. Yeah. These are all different ways to do that. It's like, you know, it's like bringing, like I said before, bringing spirit closer in all of these get you closer i'm, I'm watching right? they're jessica, supposed to move you closer i'm watching jessica move in closer i'm like oh i get that i totally get that i, I just want to you know it's most like you just want to snuggle, snuggle up. up and that's why i say like you know to come through come in i invite you in to come close to me hey I'll, I'll say that when i'm working to have a true understanding yeah. right i want to understand spirit i want to understand myself i want to understand my inner voice i want to understand spirit i want to understand the universe i want to understand our experience of being human yes. and i think all of these parts help me do that it's like the one place where i combine human and spirit and higher self in perfect harmony like that beautiful trifecta i love right? that yes that's a great way of saying that and that is your intention yeah. and your intention creates the response, right? It's the conversation. Your intention mm-hmm. starts the conversation and the response is part of the conversation. They are, you're, they, mm-hmm. yeah, you're doing them all at once. Even if you don't realize it, mm-hmm. you really are. Have you ever gotten to the end of an Adventures with Spirit episode and wished it had gone on longer? 
Well, you're in luck. Do you know that most of our episodes have extended versions? It's super easy to unlock the extended version of any episode. Just sign up for our free newsletter and we will drop that extended episode right into your inbox. So head on over to www.adventureswithspirit.com to sign up today. And so I want to talk a little bit about some ways that you create sacred space because there's some things that can kind of rituals that you can do mm-hmm. that will help that could help you create sacred space. Like these are just ideas to play yeah, with. Just it doesn't ideas. mean you have to do them. Yep. Just don't, don't make them like, I have to do this. You don't have to do anything. No have to. These are just some things to play with. And I'm going to use the word play intentionally. Mm-hmm. Okay. A lot during these next few episodes, because we're playing with spirit. We're playing with inner voice. We're experimenting. We're figuring out how it all works. And so we're going to give you some ideas to figure out what works for you. Mm-hmm. And if it works, awesome. If it doesn't toss it, keep exploring. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point. And of let this. it change. So one of the things I really love that's a holdover from my Catholic days is incense. I incense makes me immediately <laughs> lighting incense. The ritual of lighting incense with intention moves me into sacred space so fast that and lighting candles. And I know that's totally like those things really resonated with yeah, me as a it child. Works for you. And it works for me. And so I, I kept those things and I brought them over. Mm-hmm. So before my readings, before my classes, before, you know, I open space for myself to go exploring on my own, I'm lighting a candle and I'm lighting incense. Like I always know that that's what's going to land on my holiday, winter holidays, like gifts. <laughs> Somebody always gets me incense. incense I love and, it and... so much. <laughs> Okay, so just to show the opposites for everybody, while I love a good candle, love good incense, um, I don't do any of that. Right? See, I love that. Yeah. Okay, so what do you do? And 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 you're right, incense. And I've been thinking about incense a lot lately, and I just haven't, you know, gotten any because I've never burned that. Um, I, if I'm going to be working, I have a prayer that I wrote myself that I use, and I. You know, and then I, I ground, protect, filter, you know, I go through the whole, I do absolutely have a ritual, um, but it doesn't include that. Normally, sometimes I am in the mood, especially if I'm teaching a class, not when I'm reading, I'll light a candle, but I end up having to put it out because I love a good scented candle. And when I'm working, my senses are so heightened. Yeah. I can't take the fragrance. 100%. You may find that because I, my sentences are so heightened too, that the incense has often burned itself out before I start to work. Yeah. Um, and my candles are, are not, they don't have fragrance. I'm going to have to get some that, yeah, that don't have fragrance. Um, yeah. but I do, I love a yeah. good, good fragrance. Um, oh, I love candles. yeah. And then, um, you know, in my day, like one thing that I do almost every single day, um, is I take my flower essences and I test for them and take them. And that is in its own way. It's an intention and a prayer and a ritual because it connects me to nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It might sound yeah, silly, but it's sure. a little thing, think- but it's, it's, yeah, it's big to me. So candles, incense, prayer, meditation could be part oh, of your meditation. ritual. Journaling can be part of your ritual. I, I have a specific chair. I have a chair too. Yes. Do you know, I have a chair too. And everyone, all the pets fight over the chair when 
I leave my office door open because I meditate so much there. I must have created a little pocket of energy because ah. they all are like, like trying to make their way to get onto into the, the chair. chair. <laughs> yeah. My yes. chair. So I have a, I have sacred space in the corner of my bedroom and it even got yummier. Oh, wait, look, I'm just dropping in. It got yummier this week because we just painted. So I painted the room and put it back together. And I took, um, I just changed things a little bit. So, and mm-hmm. it is, it's so me like before it was a corner and it was my sacred space, but now it, it brings me closer. Like it instantly, I walk in there. It's like, see, it's, it's instant. And it shifts. It, it shifts everything. It's like raises your vibration instantly. And I, yeah. I'm there. I'm in that chair every day. Um, I have, that's another thing with sacred space. Don't you think is the intentionality of what you keep in that space. Mm. I'm very intentional with the objects that are in my, my office, which I consider to be my sacred space in my home. Right. And my office is sacred space, but for me, it's my working sacred space. And then my personal sacred space is that corner in my bedroom. Um, but I do have, shall we talk about an altar at this point? Yes, because I do have altars. Yes, and that I have altars. That you know. So let's dip. Okay, how would you? Why don't you explain what we mean by altars? Because that can. Oh, it's triggering for me. Can, so I want to talk about that well, for a second. Is it really? See, that's mm-hmm. the one thing that isn't triggering for me. <laughs> years, I love it. yeah. So years ago, when <laughs> I first heard the concept outside of church or temple, right, of an altar, it was almost sacrilegious to me. Like I couldn't really, really triggered me. See, when I heard it, I thought, perfect. I get to create my own. (laughs) And so it, because it was so casually thrown around. Now you understand, you have to know, you have to know my family. So if you're listening, you know, my family, you'll get, I mean, it's very, they're very intentional. They're very, um, they're so much fun, but they're also serious, you know, like you have to, my grandfather was like very serious. He couldn't have been anything but a priest. I mean, that's just, he was serving all the time. It was very important. So it was, it was difficult for me and how it was so casually tossed around. I will tell you, it probably wasn't a couple years later where I fully embraced the idea of an altar in my own. And yeah, I love my altar and it changes. You know, yeah. it started one way. Mine does too. And that's why I think your inner voice comes in. Because if you're thinking about mm-hmm. creating an altar, which would be part of your sacred space, like what is that? First of all, it's the things that make you feel good. What does your inner voice tell you? The first thing that went on my altar was a picture of my family, my husband, my daughter, and myself. It was the first thing. Oh, I love that. Because that's what was sacred to me. And that's where I, you know, I wanted intention placed there. That was the first thing that went on my, on my altar. And my inner voice knew that. Mine are objects. I have those too, but tell me about Objects that we've. Oh, well, for me, it's like experiences that I've had with my family. Mm -hmm. Like, like, so I'll have shells on there Mm -hmm. because ocean is my love language. So lots of different shells that like we've discovered together as a family. Some of them, like some of the big conch shells Mm -hmm. that we've discovered, um, or the whelk shells, depending on, 
you know, where we're at in the oceans when we discover them. Um, I'll have some sand from the different places that we've been, Mm -hmm. um, that go on there because we move so much. Um, you know, so they, they evoke, I can, they evoke memories. Some of those objects evoke memories with my family. So rather than having a photo of my family, I do something that evokes a memory, Mm -hmm. very similar. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I have crystals that make me feel good or I'm drawn to, you know, and sometimes those crystals, I have no idea what they do sometimes, (laughs) but I just know that they have to be on my altar. And sometimes it's very intentional. Like I know exactly the properties of that crystal are, and I selected it to be on my altar because of those, those properties. So, so it's following, I'm following my inner voice, like, and sometimes I know why, and sometimes I don't, I just know that those objects have to be there. I have, I have the elements represented on my altar for elements. So I have water and fire and, um, air and, um, I space earth. (laughs) (laughs) What's that other one? Oh yeah. The thing we live on. (laughs) (laughs) Hello grounding. Um, so, um, but I have the four elements, uh, represented on there. You know, I have different things that represent my whatever. Yeah. And it's way, and it feels kind of like this little, when I stand in front of it, it's like, it magnifies everything in a good way. It's like, it opens that vortex up. Right? Oh, it does. Because and as I, soon as you step I into in your... front of it and I offer prayers yep. and I'll meditate in front of it. Yep, and it's like, who? like it, all of that combined brings it together. And, and like I said, there's no, like you said, no one right way to do this. No, some are objects. Some could be a letter. It could be a, a coin. It could be a feather. It could be a whatever, right? I you just have a go with what calls to you. I have a whole bunch. Oh, actually just happened a couple of days ago. So I have several different ascended masters that I feel very close with and that mm-hmm. I work with and an ascended master, everybody, for example, in this conversation, you could say Buddha, um, Jesus, Moses, Ganesh, right. I'm just throwing out examples of ascended masters. So I actually have, um, depictions, right. Representations of them. Mm-hmm. In, in my altar. Um, and they're from all different, all over the world, different religions, different belief systems, but there are, you know, the masters that, that speak to me. So I was um, out with a couple girlfriends the other day and we were at a museum. It was a lovely day and we're in the gift shop and I'm walking through and all of a sudden my inner voice literally says, you know, I just know I'm like, Oh, turn around. You know, it's like something. So I turn around and there on the shelf, I don't know how I didn't see, it doesn't even make sense that I saw because it was up high, is a statue of Kuan Yin. I like Kuan Yin. Don't have a statue of Kuan Yin. Turns out, so I ask about it. Turns out it was on sale. It was $10. Oh Guess gosh. where Kuan Yin lives now? <laughs> <laughs> Near a sacred Kuan Yin <laughs> is on my altar and has joined, you know, because she's always been with me. She was one of the first ascended masters to welcome me to that realm. I remember the day. It was amazing. Ooh, she's so really lovely. Cool. She showed up. But I never, I would have never thought to get a representation. I just, right, it just happened. And that's when you know, when I say you pay attention, you respond. 
I mean, it was like this expensive thing. I got it for 10 bucks. It was like, okay, hello, welcome home. So she's there. Yeah, my, I like that. I also put my cards on my altar that I picked that really resonate with me. So there, on any given day, there'll be an Oracle card and my people, my people, my family created me this really cool driftwood thing that they found. They found this piece of driftwood and they sanded it just a little bit. So the card can nestle in it and the driftwood they found on the beach. So it's like this beautiful and it nestles the card and then it holds a crystal. It like loops and use so it can hold one crystal and one card. And they, they, they found it for me and, and made it all work. That um, sounds wonderful. Yeah. It's like awesome. I love when my people like have ideas for my altar, mm-hmm. like not because it's their space, but because they see how passionate I am about yes. it. Like, and my daughter is very curious about well, what's on your altar. You know, like I, I change my altar up usually seasonally and, and she's always very curious as to what it morphs into and the process that I go through mm-hmm. and, and all of that. No, I get that. And you can have different types of altar too. So, oh, yes. so there's like the sacred space altar, right? I have... <laughs> Yeah, I have an ancestor altar. I was just um, saying, I do too. That's just for my ancestors. Mm-hmm. Um, that's tucked away where, you know, really where only I spend time. Same. Um, with that, and it just makes me cl- feel closer to my loved ones and those who have come before me. Um, you know, just <laughs> I mean, you can have it on a bookshelf. Like it doesn't have to be some big thing. Like you can have it in a box. Like a right. little box that you pull down when you want to create, you know what I mean? Because, because you don't have enough space where you're at. Like well, I made have, a, a windowsill. I made a work. double layer, <laughs> double layer altar. Actually it's three, but because then my ancestor altar is underneath my altar, but they're all, I mean, I'm looking at all of them. When I say underneath there, they're, it's all in front yep. of me. And um, I'm just laughing because I have so many things of my grandfather's <laughs> so just you know I love that old, no I actually opened up a prayer book the other day that I don't even know how I came across it but it's there so I know it's from him and it was inscribed from him it was a gift that he gave to my grandmother on her confirmation and it's dated and says where he was there's a whole message in it and I've had that for years and I just opened it couple days ago and I was like oh my gosh look at this yeah and then and then created the space also he wrote a beautiful poem about the church you wouldn't know it's about the church but it's about the church but it it will work for anything and I used to have it by my front door but like I said we just painted so it was really cool what you're saying about your family helping when my husband was helping us you know set back up the space and I'm holding the poem and I said you know I think this goes over here. And he got really excited and we hung it in my sacred space. And I will tell you, it changed the entire energy, changed everything. And that's the beautiful, beautiful. thing about that. Yeah. Mine, my altars have started to crawl up the wall. Oh, mine like my is? Daughter oh it's going up the wall. Me this beautiful, yeah. yeah. Mine paint, you painted a beautiful Phoenix. Um, one of my friends gave me this beautiful moon um, calendar that I have up there. Um, I've hung um, Mother Mary, it was one of these light boxes from like uh, the 30s or the 40s that my grandmother had hanging up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's of Mother Mary and it's like this holographic. It's really cool. And it's like a light box and That's it hangs so up. Cute. And so it's like my altar goes up the wall. So your Mine altar too. can be on a wall. As creative as you want to be, that's the key. 
what you want to do is just follow your voice. inner voice and follow your heart to, to create that, then the altar, right? the point of the altar, if that interests you, if it doesn't, that's okay. Is it becomes a very distinct sacred space for you. It's easy. You, it shifts the energy of that, that room, that corner, mm-hmm. that wherever it is, it's, it's palpable. Yeah. And like, it's a sacred space. It and just, you, and that's where you go. And that's where you go to quiet your mind yes. and connect to your inner voice. Yes. <laughs> it all comes back 100%. to your inner voice. <laughs> that's where you're sitting and journaling. That's where you're sitting and contemplating. You know, that's where you're sitting and, yeah, and putting out your requests. Yeah. And like I said, y'all, you don't even have to have it out. If you want to put it in a box and then when you're ready to, to connect to your inner voice or to connect to spirit and you just pull the box off out and take the top off and kind of set those things around you, you mm-hmm. can do that too. Cause I know that there are small spaces I have lived in them where there just isn't a lot right. of room. So, you know what I mean? So you can do that too. And that's still an altar. So that's still, it doesn't have to be up all the Jessica, time. Jessica, sometimes um, we hear, you know, so I want to ask you this question. Can you, what about using an altar to connect with guides? And would you want to use the word altar yes. or sacred space? Mm. They're so intertwined for me that I, I agree, don't know that I but I'm trying them. to, I'm trying to make it different for people who maybe don't want an altar. So you don't have to have an altar to connect to your guides. Right. But yeah, I mean, that's not required. So would it be helpful I, with an altar or sacred space to connect with your guides? Could you use it in that way? Yeah, I think sacred space will say, starting with sacred space, always open up sacred space before you connect to your spirit guides. And I rarely say always, but the process of, of making sacred space is so important because usually involves settling your mind down, coming center, really allowing yourself to open your heart, like wide open and feeling safe to do so. Right. That's what sacred space is supposed to do for you. So that could be having an altar that could be having just a couple crystals that could be lighting an incense or lighting candles or whatever, could be sitting in the same matter. Chair it's whatever makes time. you feel, yeah, makes you feel safe mm-hmm. and makes you feel willing to let your heart open. So sacred space is a must to connect with your guides. Altars are not, but you can create an altar with that intention. Mm-hmm. Should that be your jam? Right. Which, as I said, at right. first I was like, no, no, no. And now I I would not want to be without my altar. It, you know, so, yeah. and again, I like the idea of it being a windowsill, right. Even for people. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. that's really, you know, we're seeing the altar as a tool or an exercise. It's like a physical expression yeah. of what's happening in your spiritual world. Think of it like that. It's everything that raises your vibration, that lights that spark. It's a a physical representation representation of your prayers, of your intentions, of your conversation with all that is. Mm -hmm. That's what an altar is for the two of us. It is. And you don't have to have an altar, but you may want to tuck things around in your sacred space that help you bring that vibration forward. So it's easier for you to connect. Mm -hmm. It's also fun. I mean, having, having an altar is fun. Um, so this is, so (laughs) if we're talking about, you know, we're talking about the word sacred space, ritual, intention, prayer, I would say whether we're talking about it from a religious perspective or a metaphysical perspective, 
the integrity of sacred space is important and incredibly helpful for you in connecting to, and I'm even going to throw in ritual, connecting to your inner voice, your guides, your angels, and the world around you, right? That spiritual world. I really do feel that way. I think it's helpful also to help you focus so that your intention becomes manifest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 100%. So play with that idea, play with those ideas, you know, and I would play with ideas that you maybe wouldn't normally consider. So like if prayer hasn't really been your thing, write, write your own prayers, right? If you like write them out. Okay. If you don't feel like you can write your own prayer, um, write a letter to spirit. That's like a, that's a prayer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It is. Um, or, or find a prayer that really resonates with you. Like there are prayers all over out there. There's books and books of them. You might find one that's already been written. That really makes your heart sing. A poem can be a prayer, mm-hmm. right? A beautiful mm-hmm. poem that you resonate can be a prayer you know, um, kind of some outside the box things, sacred space doesn't look one way. Right. So maybe just bring some objects near to you when you're, when you're doing when you're it, there. Right? And you know, like you don't have to have, I'm sorry, Jessica, I did not mean to just step on you. Um, but you were talking about a poem right? and I'm just thinking of a song, you know, there's just some songs that, oh, we, yes. matter of fact, when we were together, yes. I, I music, yeah, we, um, there's a song and I, I was like, oh, let's just listen to this. This song really moves me, you know, and it, it, um, is powerful. So whatever song and listen, it could be, you all know, I love rock. So <laughs> it can be a rock song and be a classical song, be a pop song, anything like that, that, that works for you, that expresses you, the integrity of your intention and your request. See how I use new words yeah. for you. Yeah. I love it. So (laughs) y'all thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to keep this conversation going in the next few episodes. We're going to talk about automatic writing. That's another big one that we get asked about. And we're going to, we're going to get, we're going to get into the details of that. So, um, we look forward to tuning in with you and I hope that you have a beautiful adventure, um, this week and into the next, and we look forward to connecting with you soon. Yes. Please. And please remember the word play. That's important. We're playing. We're playing. Playing. We're just finding the things that allow us to express And to feel good. So on that note. Perfect. Have a great week. Thanks for being a part of today's Adventures with Spirit. Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. We'd love it if you left a review. Visit our website at adventureswithspirit.com to subscribe to our newsletter, submit a question, check out classes, and schedule your own personal reading with us. Follow us on Instagram at Adventures with Spirit Official for more inspiring content. Here's to being adventurous. Adventurous.